0: Welcome to the Prep Huddle Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside my Gazette colleagues, Jeff Johnson and Jeff Blender, Ready to discuss a little bit of Week 9 the playoffs for small small classes, 2A, 1A, A, and 8 player, while 3A, 4A, and 5A finish up the regular season here in Week 9. We'll also discuss uh, a little bit about Week 8, but... Um. Guys, I, I guess uh, what are your thoughts about a little bit of the staggered uh, of playoffs that uh, that we have here with the small schools kind of having that play-in game um, a little bit, round of 32, and then things will get uh, reset for the round of 16 next week as all five uh, classes will be bracketed in, Um but uh, is this is this a good thing to accommodate having that bigger field for uh, those classes with you know those larger or I guess classes with more teams in it? I, how do other
1: states do it, guys? I guess I don't, I'm ignorant on that fact. imagine that but um, you
2: know, I think the more I have enough keeping track of what's going on here. Yeah. I, I don't know what the other states <laughs> do.
1: The more they get I to me, the more they get in i mean i I, I like that, and you know you can always um, you can always say, well, you know the four seeds or the wild card teams will never beat the one seeds, but I don't know if that necessarily is is a slam dunk guarantee every season, so I, I don't know i I guess that's just my opinion it is weird cage I no doubt that you know uh. Sitting here with one one regular season week for some schools and the playoffs for <laughs> the other, and, uh, but you know I, it is what it is, I guess. And and I, I'm okay with with the way they do it. Jeff, what do you think? I think they they have it differently because
2: the the coaches association, uh, the small schools, wanted to do it different than the big schools. I might be wrong, but I think that's the case. Um, it's fine. Uh, you know, if you had 32. Well, you can't really have thirty two qualifiers in the other classes. If I mean if you're gonna do that, you might as well just let everybody in and you know, because yeah. there's only thirty six and three, five, four a yeah. five A. Yeah. What's that, KJ? Uh
0: especially uh five A. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I, I'm I'm fine with it. Um I guess I really don't care either way. Uh if if, if it was if everybody went with sixteen, I'd be fine with that too. If if they wanted to let everybody in I, I wouldn't be crazy about it but uh there's a cat yeah. um but that would be you know that's that's fine too um i i am not i'm not here to second guess
0: well let's start with last week's um uh, uh action um, sorry about the some regular here. season finales for uh uh for the small schools um some really important games in the kind of the uh rpi landscape for the bigger schools uh guys where were you last week and um uh, jj why don't you start were you at marion last week
1: yeah um and boy wasn't it something to watch uh football in a downpour huh (laughs) three hours (laughs) what a miserable night oh it was my goodness gracious and yeah, I was at Marion. Marion really took care of um uh, of Mason City in a game it needed to win. Um certainly uh held Mason City without a, a first down, I think, until the very last drive of the game and had Mason City had negative yardage. Um yeah, it was it was big and actually communicated with, with Coach Michael jo- Michael Joyner um this morning and he thought originally that that win last week would get into the class four playoffs, but now he says, no, that's not necessarily the case. Um, mentioning that loss un, unexpected losses by ADM and Bondurant Farrar have kind of thrown some things into chaos. And he thinks that they might need to win Friday night at Waverly shell rock, which will be a very difficult task. Um, to, to get into the playoffs. Otherwise he thinks they'll be the like last year, the 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 first team out um you know type of scenario. So that would be unfortunate, but you know, you're still in control of your own destiny, I guess. So you gotta win.
0: Yeah, and you know that was you mentioned uh you know big one for them and, and a lot of it has to do with the fact how they had a you know kind of a sky high win against DeCora right the week before that put them in good position. Um, you know, it's easy to kind of overlook a team like Mason city and think you'll just scroll right through, but kudos to them for staying on top of things and not looking into week nine in that Waverly shell rock contest and take care of their business last week. Uh, I
1: think, well. uh, yeah, I, I think that if you get behind Friday, or if you got behind Friday night, uh <laughs> must've just been miserable. Um, so I, I would, I guess my opinion would be if you got up, uh, if you getting up early, getting a lead early in those games, Friday night was just hugely important just from a psychological standpoint, right? All of them. Yeah.
0: I, I would say so. And I think that was the case, uh, at uh, Bates field where I was at,
1: yeah.
0: um, city high and Linmar. Uh, you know, we talked last week about how it was, uh, um, uh, not necessarily a must-win, but a much-needed win for both of those teams for their playoff hopes. And uh, uh, City High came out with a thirty-to-nothing win. Um, of course, uh, you know Bates's uh, uh, turf field, and with the rain all night, it really wasn't that bad. wasn't that uh, swampy or as swampy as I thought it would be. Um, you know, all the grass held up it was really soft when i went down for for interviews but uh city high looked really good and of course they got that early lead a big touchdown pass uh uh from uh bobby bacon to uh, jeremiah madlock uh put them up seven nothing and really uh you know they uh they just kind of had their way with uh Linmar defensively. Um shut out the Lions. Uh held them to I can't remember the exact number, but uh I think maybe it was 19 yards passing even, especially in the conditions. Uh you said it was miserable. Sam Keeter. Uh, I asked him about playing in those conditions, especially with uh, you know, the natural surface and not the turf. And, you know, he said, hey, a lot of people may not like our our field, but we love it. Mud Bowl and uh he loved playing in those conditions and it showed uh they really dominated from that uh, first score on. And uh now uh they have a little more breathing room, obviously, um going going to Bettendorf this week. And uh things are a little tighter for for Lindmar, even though they still have a decent shot at making the playoffs, um, regardless of how they do against Pleasant Valley at uh, Lamar stadium so we'll see how that all unfold, unfolds this week uh, linder where were you at uh, for week eight
2: well you were a lot more um, dedicated than i was friday I, I had i was at prairie and i did not go down for quotes it was just pouring the home team had lost 35 to 8 so i just rode a straight gamer uh running and got out of there. So, uh I was at Prairie um 35-8 uh not what I expected. Prairie got a safety early and then they mm-hmm. were driving. Uh I think they were probably maybe within 30 or 40 yards of the end zone which w- could have given <laughs> them a 8 or 9 or 10 nothing lead, but they that stalled. Uh Bettendorf was able to flip the field with a punt and they started at the 10 and then fumbled it away in the end zone for a touchdown. And, uh, just, uh, just didn't get any better from there for, for, Prairie. Um, Bettendorf pretty much had their way with them. Uh, Prairie lost their quarterback to injury. Uh, the backup did a pretty nice job. Uh, so just, just one of those nights, uh, for Prairie and, uh, uh, that, uh, it, it wasn't
0: their night. Uh so we both covered Linmar and Prairie. Uh both have big games here in in week 9. Uh what is the I know you did a primer and, and stuff for for the playoffs and everything, but uh where do they kind of stand here going into week 9 cuz they're right there at that 13 through 15 yeah. spot in the the RPIs. Good chances of getting in. But certainly far from being locks to get in, depending on how some other yeah. teams did.
2: Well, um, you know, they both got beat, and they both got beat bad last week. But the, the good news is they still have destiny in their own, their own hands. Uh, you know, Prairie sitting at 13 right now. Um, with a the win, they're in. With a loss, it's wait and see. Um, let me kind of see what I said here, because I kind of did some number crunching. Uh, Prairie let's see they're they're sitting 13th they win they'll probably be 12 or so a loss um uh if if they would lose and if linmar and or Davenport West would win both are underdogs then Prairie's probably going to be out um linmar if they can beat Pleasant Valley they're in uh if they lose they could get in as the 16. If um, everybody beneath them would lose two, uh, that would include Davenport West. That would include Iowa City West. So they need they need Prairie to win if they lose. Uh, if Urbandale would win, they would jump uh, Linmar with a loss. So, um, you know, they're, they're both in a situation where it's not – it's kind of win or else. Win or else, uh, uh, it's not in your hands anymore.
0: Uh, kind of looking at some other uh, scores, the, the big one that really kind of stands out, not necessarily for uh, our area or the the playoff race, but um, Southeast Polk comes away with a 37-34 win over West Des Moines Dowling, uh, kind of the marquee matchup there in Week 8, I would say. Um, of Moberly threw for 225 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, C.J. Phillip rushed for 105 yards and two scores. Um, Sam Zelenovich, uh, the junior wideout, had eight catches for 103 yards in both of those uh, – catching both of those TD passes from uh, Moberly. Um, but when, when it was all said and done, just the uh, three-point uh, difference between the top two teams in the state, it, is this – so this is probably a matchup we see in the dome um maybe for for all the marbles here in 5A my maybe. opinion is
1: those those teams are uh far and above everyone else um and yeah i it'll be interesting to see how everything's bracketed that's just my opinion and um you know, we'll see. We'll see how everything's bracketed out. But uh, at this point in time, um, you know, with we had some upheaval in five A and our rankings again this week, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I just think they're 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 better than everyone else, and um, you know, you got to prove it now in the playoffs. But that's yeah. just my Jeff. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. They're they're the two best teams, but. You know, you you look at Southeast Polk, they beat Valley by six. They beat Centennial by three. They beat Johnson by three. Uh, Dowling, they had some close ones too, didn't they? Um, uh, Not not really. A lot of 14 to 17 point wins in there. Uh, Centennial by 13, Kennedy 17, Valley 14, Northwest 14. So it's not like either of them are just, Drilling every everything in sight steamrolling everybody but uh yeah i agree if if, if they play well they'll they'll be playing they'll probably be playing for the championship in in week 13
0: uh another look here i City liberty was a big winner um 44-0 over waterloo west Iowa City, see west fell the pleasant valley 38 uh the big shocker i think um you know seeing How Kennedy had been playing recently, watching Cedar Falls lose to Prairie in the opener. Um, Thought Kennedy was at a point where it would go up there and be fine. But for the second straight years, they come up short at the Unidome against Cedar Falls, this time losing 17-14. Were you guys uh, surprised as as I was there?
2: I was, yeah, because Kennedy had been playing really well. And uh, you know the dome's not an easy team to play. Cedar Falls always plays well there, but I thought Kennedy was
1: kind of on a roll, and uh, I, I thought they'd be able to able to overcome all that. Yeah, I agree, Jeff. And um, you know Cedar Falls has been kind of one of those teams that I haven't been able to figure out. That's yeah. some good wins, uh, you know. Have some losses that maybe kind of scratch and make you scratch your your bald head a little bit, but, uh, yeah, um, that, that was a surprise. I really, like Jeff said, I thought Kennedy was really on a, on a upswing. Definitely had the arrow uh, pointing upward, but, uh, you know, like, again, like Jeff said, KJ and, you know, I mean, it's tough to play up there in that dome. Uh, it really is. And, uh, I guess that was proven out.
0: Moving to four, a looking at a couple scores, uh, in the area, Xavier clinches uh district title with a 35, seven win. At Clear Creek, Amana, uh, Western Dubuque continues to roll, beating Decorah 28-7 on Friday. Some of the uh, more notable uh, scores coming outside of our area. When you look at uh, Lewis Central with a decisive win over Norwalk, 42-13, uh, Lindy, you kind of well uh, or no JJ, I think you kind of touched on it with the conversation with Coach Joyner. Um Indianola knocking off ADM 24 0. And then uh I believe there's the uh another one here trying to oh there Pella. Um Pella surprised a lot of people beating Xavier earlier in the season and uh here they come away with a 40-13 win over Bondurant Ferrar. um like you said kind of kind of shook things around in in class 4A but um you know that's uh, might uh might show eastern iowa hasn't dropped off a little bit from those central iowa teams like it may have looked like uh maybe in midseason that uh the ADMs, Bondurant, Ferrars, um, and some other teams there in Central Iowa may have uh, kind of pulled away a little bit, but looks like we're going to have that parity word in the postseason. A lot of unpredictable results in Class Four A. Yeah, and that's I, a good thing. I
1: yeah, I agree, Jeff. But I think you look at that cluster of teams in Central Iowa; they've just kind of proven they can beat each other. <laughs> right yeah. you know all those schools and and man Pella's kind of come out of nowhere guys to me um and put themselves I think in a pretty decent spot here to to make the 4-8 playoffs so um, yeah,
0: Pella Pella's roller coaster where they beat Xavier lost to Newton you yeah know, and beating Bondurant Ferrari kind of some ups and downs along the way
2: how many teams are there in four A that can win the whole thing? Eight, ten.
0: I was I was gonna say seven or eight. Yeah, that's uh, it's a real possibility.
1: I kind of look I at four A. One A is kind of the same way to me. Like I, I think maybe a little bit uh that way too. So uh, that makes it fun, at least at least for me.
0: Um, and really quick here. Uh, in class three A uh West Delaware with a big win over Independence last uh, or last week, um 29-21. Um that was a that was a good win for the Hawks. Solon continues to to roll. They followed up the win over Williamsburg by trouncing Fairfield 42 to 6. And speaking of Williamsburg, boy, they bounced back from their first first loss of the season. Uh, they handled Grinnell, a good Grinnell team sixty-three to eight. Um Mount Vernon also won big sixty-five-six. So um seems like those area schools um in three A, especially Mount Vernon, Solon, Williamsburg, um, they seem to be hitting their stride here as they finish up the regular season and kind of uh, pose themselves for the playoffs.
2: You know, that's another class that uh, there's a lot of teams that I think could win it. Uh, And, you know, teams like Webster City or Harlan or Humboldt that are, you know, sitting at at the bottom of the top ten or not even in the top ten, and uh, you know, or or West Delaware or somebody like that. Uh, There's just so many – there's a lot of depth there. And, uh, you know, I, I think Creston's the favorite at uh 0 they they've beaten some good teams. Uh they beat Lewis Central. They they were in a really good district and they won that without a without a loss. So I, I think they're the favorite but uh you know we got some teams right uh right in our little neighborhood that uh they're going to make some noise too.
0: You know, we talked about some of the games coming up this week uh that were big. We mentioned Linmar, PV, uh Prairie Iowa City West or uh, that's going to be big. Um, outside of that, uh, any other three A, four A, five A games that kind of stand out to you that might kind of alter the playoff picture a little bit?
2: To be honest, I haven't looked that far ahead. Um, I think most of the big games are done. Uh, there might be there might be some here or there. I you know, Xavier's going to be. Heavily favored. Uh Western Dubuque. I don't think they're gonna have much trouble this week. I mean, Solon Williamsburg, Mount Vernon, assumption they've kind of already had their, you know, their showdowns. So um I'm sure they're out there. I, I know there's one district in 3A out northwest that I think right now, if the if the playoffs were today, five teams out of that district would be in. Uh, yeah, including uh, like a five and three Hampton Dumont squad. So I, I, I know there will be a lot, uh, a lot that'll be that'll be settled in that uh, in that district on Friday.
0: So I'll turn to the postseason. Uh, the start for two A, one A, and eight player, and I'll rifle off uh, our area games here. Uh, Anamosa four and four heads to at six and two Union Community two and six at. Walk on five and three. I will be covering the uh, two a uh, playoff game between uh, North Fayette Valley three and five and Monticello seven and one at Monticello this Friday. Um, make sure to get early in case we're able to get uh, autograph sessions in uh, for anybody that's interested. Um, Crestwood three and five heads to Jessup at five and three at Northeast four and four at Mid Prairie four and four. Uh, in class two a um any of those teams there kind of stand out to you I know walk on has really um played well the last half of the season Monticello has been uh pretty much a top five team with its only loss coming to Mount Vernon to to start the season, right? Yeah. Or in week two. Okay. Um but uh and, and I know Meepo has been kind of on the the verge of the top 10 throughout the season at six and two, but walk on Monticello uh, Jessup. um, looks to be in a good spot to move into the uh, round of 16.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't think that North Fiat Valley Monticello match is necessarily going to be a mismatch. I I think, um, you know, Monticello's schedule has been, week since week one uh that's not a a, a very strong district um I, I I do think they're a very good team uh I think uh you know Northfaette Valley you know they're three and five but I I think they're gonna go up there and, and compete and uh I I think I I don't I don't think we're gonna see a, a continuous clock I think it's it's gonna be about, be about a two-score game um I think the team that uh we, we probably haven't mentioned at all has been Jessup uh, I'm not saying that they're going to win or they're going to go far, but uh, I think they're only making their third playoff appearance and their first in
1: eight or ten years. So, so kudos to the Jayhawks.
0: Oh, for sure. And look
1: at, well, look at what Wacan did too. Again, guys, right? Just when you think they're they're you, you've left them for dead with a tough non-district schedule, uh, they're able to turn it around again. And, and win the district and, um, you know, head to the playoffs on an upswing there uh, at five and three,
0: so. Yep. And with their history, you can never look, you can never kind of take them for granted. That's a team that uh, they know what it takes. Probably a lot of family members that have watched their siblings make those runs to the, to the Unidome. So, um, they'll be they'll be interesting to watch. The last thing I say about North Fayette Valley and Monty, um, I think you're looking at two totally different styles of football. Um, I think you've got one that would like to slow it down and really pound it, pound out, uh, you know, pound out a low scoring game, and you've got another one that likes to open it up and let it fly. So whoever is able to kind of establish their brand of football um, is going to come out on top there. So uh, we'll see. That'll be fun to watch on Friday. In Class One A, the area games: you got Cascade two and six at Grunty Center eight and zero, Hudson five and three at MFL Marmack seven and one, uh, Eddyville, Blakesburg Fremont three and five at Iowa City Regina seven and one, West Central Valley three and five at Sig- Sigourney Kyoto seven and one. Pleasantville 5 and 3 at West Branch 5 and 3. And JJ, you just got done doing a little bit of a feature on uh West Branch and kind of um you know their season and and how they're back in the playoffs, except this time without uh you know their uh their legendary coach uh the late Butch Peterson. Um you know, on paper, five and three, five and three. Uh, you know, it could be a big game, but uh, I'm guessing the Bears are, are amped up for this opportunity.
1: Yeah, I talked to to Coach John Hirschman, and, you know, he just kind of mentioned that, I mean, they, they kind of knew that it was going to be one of those um, tough years, uh, obviously, with, with Butch passing away. But, I mean, they they faced some injuries here down the stretch. They had that really tough uh first couple games for the three games actually, you know, having to play what? Williamsburg, Dyke, New Hartford, Waterloo, Columbus off the top. And they've been able to rebound and respond to that. Uh, you know, they they had a little bit of a quarterback shuffling. Uh didn't know who the QB was going to be to start the season. And in game three they went to a sophomore. So um, you know, they the big win over regina what 3 weeks ago now i think was was one he said that really gave him a lot of confidence and he was the one that mentioned that one a is is really in his opinion kind of a, an open uh kind of an open deal here and you know they plan on uh, on on hopefully sticking around here for a little while and uh i think he mentioned that they played Pleasantville maybe in the late 80s or early 90s oh, really? in the playoffs um, he wasn't 100 percent sure, but uh he believes that's what it was so and he he mentioned pleasantville has got uh, got some nice components uh it's not going to be like you said kids, they're not going to be an easy game by a stretch.
0: It's kind of interesting uh Lindy that uh it, of course this is just our area, of, of course in our circulation area that has a little bit of an odd shape, but we've got, Three teams, uh, district champs or co-champs, however you know you want to phrase it, but uh, they're number one seeds, all at seven and one, and none of them have played each other. Uh, when you're looking <laughs> at MFL Marmac, Regina, and Sigourney Kyota, I know there are times where Sigourney Kyoto and Regina have, uh, have been in the same district or played each other, but um, you've got those teams. That's going to be hard to kind of kind of separated to really decipher which teams are better come you know the next round when you're you're really kinda laying the paths out for teams. Won't it be, won't it be tough? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah
2: I, I assume they all win it. that is right assuming they and all win this round. Yeah. Sure. um i i guess i don't know what the pecking order is in 1a um you know you, you got to throw grundy center in there too because they're pretty you know they're kind of close locale too
0: um
2: i don't know i i don't know if i had to pick which one's the best i don't know who i'd go with um my gut feeling says mfl um but uh you know that's uh, that's yet to be determined
0: I'll I'll say this about MFL, um, since okay since their loss and then they turned around and gave up a TD on the opening drive to Dyke New Hartford. Since that TD on the opening drive against the Wolverines, they've outscored their opponents ninety six to fourteen since then.
2: Yeah.
0: Um sixty two to seven last two weeks with uh, Denver. Um, really not a surprise against Central Springs, but still. Um and then they host Hudson. Um, but yeah, MFL really has bounced back since that loss to Southern Fredericksburg. Um, let's move to Class A here, the area qualifying teams. Uh we've got Southwin at 5-3 at and and East Buck six and two, McCochta Valley six-and two at Columbus Community six and two, North Butler six and two at Starmont seven and one. And then I think all of us uh would agree probably the biggest game out of that uh, group north Lynn, six and two at lisbon eight and 0 uh tough tough draw both ways right out of the gate um but guys just class a just those four games in general um four really good matchups to kick off the postseason for them
1: yeah, yeah i look I... at go ahead jeff i'm sorry no I, i'm i'm flipping pages you go ahead no, just I have to say
0: Southwind. Yeah. Southwind has come on strong. I mean, they're they've got the worst record at five and three out of all of them. And go to East Buck, who I think a lot of us, you know, expect big things out of. But Southwind has played really well lately, so that's not a gimme for the Buccaneers at all. JJ, go ahead uh, uh, with what you were going to say.
1: No, I was just going to uh, the Maconka Valley Columbus game is intriguing because I think there's a couple of predominant running backs there, one for each team. Uh, obviously, some uh, equal records at six and two. Um, you know, I I think North Butler and Starmont. I mean, for Starmont, Renaissance Year, you win your district. You get you get a top seed, and your and the team you play is the fourth seed is six and two. <laughs> you know, North Butler that just kind of goes to show the strength I think of of the the district that North Butler was in, and then like you said, Pilch, I mean, Lisbon and North. Lynn, um, North Lynn was part of a really good district, obviously, and and finished fourth. And Lisbon was uh champion of its district, which you know, quite frankly, I don't think was very strong. So I think that's. I don't know what you guys think, but I think that game in particular is is kind of a toss up. Do you agree?
2: Yeah.
1: Even absolutely. though you know you, you got a one seed against. So, I I. I, those four
2: games that we've got going in Class A there's not one that uh you know you you can say oh I'm you know that that's gonna be a, it's gonna go this way or that way I, I think all four of them are gonna be competitive uh that includes the the four versus one games I I I say Northland's probably favored to beat list um if Do you? I, I think so um but but we'll see and I I, I don't I don't think anybody knows for sure how good Lisbon really is yet. They might be better than, than I think they haven't played a very strong schedule, but uh, you know, if, if, if they, if they go out and beat North Lynn Friday, you know, they're pretty darn good because North Lynn's good. Um, you know, yep. Lisbon handled Columbus in, in their, in their district game. And Columbus has a nice team. Um, one thing with Lisbon is they've got speed. They're, they're fast. Uh that was proven in track. And uh you know you, 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 you don't want if I'm Northland, I'm kind of hoping for, for some adverse weather on Friday.
0: Just a little <laughs> stat to kind of throw out there. Uh I believe the top four teams in class A district four are 23 and four uh overall among their in their district games. Um and all but one was decided by Seventeen points or more, so yeah, kind of figured that out. They kind so, of
2: took turns beating the heck out of each other.
0: Yeah, the only one that wasn't was uh, Mac Valley's twenty-two fifteen win over Northland. Um, BC Moore apparently has all four uh, predicted to win. Um, you know, so none of these games will be will be easy. Um, as we mentioned, South Winds won five and oh, you know, um, yeah. To East Bach and Columbus Community has been a team that can, can light up the scoreboard as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. You might have a score keep with Lance McShane and Columbus Community's offense. You might have, uh, might get, might have to get a bowling glove for whoever's doing the, the scoreboard so they don't get carpal tunnel. Um, <laughs> there, but.
2: You know, go, going back to that Northland Lisbon game, Northland's given up nine points a game, Lisbon seven. So that's gonna. I think that's gonna be the opposite of that. I don't uh, of the the carpal tunnel bowl. Um, I think uh, uh, the over under on that might be, you
1: know, thirty. Young man, I was thinking of from from Columbus is Caden Amagon, who's had a great career, great run here the last two years. He has sixteen hundred yards rushing, twenty five touchdowns. So uh him at Lance McShane, that that could be an interesting, uh interesting little tete a tete, I guess. Sorry, Pilch.
0: Oh no, it's all good. We'll uh we'll move to eight player now. A lot of the games here to finish up uh what's coming up this week. Uh Turkey Valley five and three at Clarksville, nine and zero. Bell playing four and four at Winfield Mountain Union eight and zero. Uh Iowa Valley six and two at BGM five and three. BGM uh with the win over Moravia. To, uh, win the district title last week. Uh, Lansing Key, 6-2, and two, comes down to Central City, 7-1. Uh, Linder, you're going to be at that game uh, off Highway 13 there. Um, so the uh, Hawks, the Key Hawks, and uh, Wildcats. Uh, we've got Edco, 5-3 at Don Bosco, 7-1. Montezuma, 5-4 and four at Gladbrook-Reinbeck, 7-1. And then we mentioned Moravia, they're seven and two at Lone Tree, six and two. Central City really, I mean, it's safe to say this is their best team in in quite a while. And and they certainly have the potential for uh, a deep run, depending on how kind of the brackets uh, play out, don't they?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, they, they dropped a... What was it? 44-36 game to Winfield Mount Union in the first week of the season. Winfield's number one now, I think. Central City was up in that game. I think they led most of the game. So I, uh, I think eight players in other class that uh, that's got some depth to it. I'm I'm not sure there's a a team that stands out. You know, um, uh, you know, there's a team like Don Bosco could make a run. You hate to talk about Don Bosco as a Cinderella or a a dark horse, but I I think they're right in there. Uh, You know, and and I think central city's in there. I I think, um, I think at the very least central city is a quarterfinal caliber team and, and a team that could go to the dome and
0: could go really, really deep. JJ, we've talked about parity with some of the classes. How do you feel eight player kind of, fits in there usually it, it hasn't really had that that parity you might have one team like a Don Bosco or a Montezuma make some noise but a lot of the power still kind of has been out in western Iowa um with the likes of Winfield Mount Union even Clarksville Central City do you, do you feel like there's more there, there's a deeper group of teams that can contend?
1: Yeah, I do, um, and I will. I will preface this by saying that eight eight players always been the biggest class for me to not understand. Uh, <laughs> you know, I maybe it's just the game itself. Uh, you know, eight players instead of eleven is a little harder to decipher. But yeah, I mean, look at look at all the undefeated teams, right? You know, like you mentioned, we've all mentioned Winfield Mount Union, Clarksville's nine and zero and beat um, Gladbrook Grinbeck, which is a really good team. Uh Remson St. Mary's is sitting back, back there at eight no. Um you mentioned Don Bosco. Uh you mentioned Central City. Waco's all, only has one loss, and that's to to uh to Winfield Mount Union, I believe. So yeah. Um this to me, uh, Cam, we haven't even mentioned Cam and Eda eight no, Bedford eight no. Um out there in, in western Iowa, both those schools. So uh Hey, don't
0: forget the Ogden Wheelers. That's right. The uh, Wheelers are, are having a good season.
1: One loss, I believe, right? Uh, of so, yep. um, yeah. I mean, it's uh that game is all uh, that class has always really confounded me as far as predictions. Not that I have an easy time predicting anything, but <laughs> right. uh, this one in particular. But just looking at all the undefeated teams that, that kind of made it through here, uh, I think that's it's going to be a fun class to to kind of watch play out.
2: The team that nobody's talking about is the defending champion, Remsen St. Marys. Exactly. And, and uh, I, I know one of us. I'm not going to say who has has had them number one in their on their uh, eight player. battle. Oh, okay, there he is. I'll say it. had him number one all year, and that looks like <laughs> a. I mean, why not? They're the defending champs. They're undefeated. Um,
0: so yeah, I, I almost broke my arm, pat myself on the back right now, even though it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> We'll see how they're sitting in four weeks from now if uh, if they make it that far. But, yeah. Um, any other last bit of notes before we kind of transition into the gameplay of our podcast for you guys, whether it's uh, general comments, something from last week's results, or, or what you're looking forward to this Friday? I'll
2: just say that this has been – one of the more enjoyable seasons as far as tracking, uh, tracking the races in all seven classes, just because I, I don't think there's a clear cut favorite. I, I don't think you can pencil in a state champion in any class right now. And I, and that hasn't always been the case. You know, there've been the the Regina years or whatever that uh, you, you just knew they were going to win it. And uh, um I, I don't think we have that in any class this year. And I think, uh, you know, and I've said this before, I, I think in several of the classes, we've got six to eight teams that, that, uh, that could be holding the trophy in the dome here in four weeks.
0: It's funny you say that. It's funny that you say that because there's a lot of times where I'll try to plan ahead and try to figure out how many teams we might have at the dome. Um, and you really can't do that there no. there are some there are some classes where depending on where they split people you know yeah you're going to have multiple teams there depending on what directions they get sent and odds whatever what have you um yeah you just can't you really can't do that um just because things have been so unpredictable and and teams have been so balanced as far as their results have gone all right. Do you guys want to start with our version of the match game, or do you want to kick out uh, who's got more here really quick?
2: Oh, let's do who's got more, and then we'll then we'll get into the real fun here.
0: Who's okay. got more?
2: I can't. I can't do
0: that. Okay.
2: I'm not good right. at that game.
0: The, this is going to be. Re- I think these will be uh, a little bit easier. Um, so, we mentioned that uh, I will be heading up to Monticello for. Uh, the Panthers postseason opener against North Fayette Valley. So who has more as far as TDs, Monticello's Preston Reese or North Fayette Valley as a team? Jeff, you want to go first?
1: I'll say Preston Reese. Okay. I will be contrarian and go NFV.
0: North Fayette Valley has 25 TDs. Preston Reese has 38 total touchdowns. Wow. I guess so, that's why he's going to Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, we mentioned uh Sigurney Kyoto. Uh they're seven and one this season. They uh uh they host West Central Valley um in the opener in class 1A. Uh does Sigruny Kyoto have more punts or for forced turnovers? Sigruny Kyoto punts versus Signy Kyoto turnovers, forced. Go ahead, JJ. Forced turnovers. Okay.
2: I'll say the same.
0: Okay. Sigruny Kyoto has forced 17 total uh, turnovers. I think it's twelve and five interceptions to fumbles. Uh, they have only punted fifteen times this season, so less than two punts a game out of that uh, out of that group. So uh, their offense, obviously run heavy, uh, has been very dominant uh, all season. I think they're on a seven game win streak too after losing their opener. Um, so, you're saying
2: sigourney Kyoto punts about as much in one game as Iowa does in a quarter.
0: <laughs> hey, you said it, not me. But, Punning is winning. That's what they say quarter. there. They're
2: Punning six is and winning. One, maybe.
0: All right. So, we mentioned South wins on a five-game win streak, and they had to uh, win through up to face East Buchanan, um, who was 6-2. and two. So, who has more combined sacks? And tackles for loss, South Wind or East Buck?
1: Tackles for loss, five. I'm going
2: to say. While he thinks, I'll, while he ponders, I'll say South Wind.
0: Okay, I will agree. Uh, East Buchanan has 67. Uh, that's uh, 46 and a half tackles for loss and 20 and a half sacks. South Wind has 71 and a half. Uh, that's. Just 12 sacks, but 59 and a half tackles for loss. So um, they've uh, really, I'm sure during that five game win streak, they have lived on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Um, and with kind of a lower number in sacks and a high number of tackles for loss, I'm either guessing they've got real aggressive corners or they might run blitz a little bit, which is something that doesn't get talked a lot of, about, um, you know, Blitzing, you assume it's just going after the quarterback on passing plays, but South Wind might have a little bit of a different uh, approach there. But uh yeah, South Wind uh, has the edge on uh combining sacks and tackles for loss. Now, who has the most offensive yards? Uh we've got Lancy Key coming down to Central City. So who has more combined passing and rushing yards? Central City or Lansing Key?
1: I guess it's my turn to go first. I'll uh I'll go with Central City.
2: Okay. I know I know Key High is really explosive. Um, they can score a lot of points. I'll, I'll, I'll go with Key. All
0: right. Lansing Key has 3,111 total yards of passing and rushing. That's 16.08 passing, 15.03 rushing. Central City has 27.85. So Lansing Key has the edge Um, there. Uh, by about uh, 326 yards. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, And, of course, they've got a couple uh, uh, good defensive players on each side of the ball Um, there that will be interesting to watch. I think Makai Benton has about 17 sacks for the Wildcats. Um, And then uh, is it Dylan Mutterman, I think, for uh, Lansing Key that – has a bunch of tackles for loss as well. So, uh, so the last one of who's got more? Who has more wins of thirty points or more? Iowa City, Regina, Western Dubuque, or Starmont. So through eight weeks, who has more wins of thirty points or more?
1: I'm gonna
2: say Regina.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, that, I I would do the same. I I don't think. Other than West Branch and uh, – yeah, they did beat Wilton by 35. Yeah, Regina.
0: Okay. I thought I would get you guys on this. You're both right. Regina has six. I was really surprised. Western Dubuque just has one. They've they've churned out a lot of points. They opened the season with uh, that big win against uh, uh, West Delaware, but mm-hmm. that was their only win of 30 points or more um had a lot of tough uh games some games that were like 28 what have you um and then Starmont has four so I went Regina six Starmont four Western Dubuque one I thought I'd thought I'd catch you on that one with Western Dubuque but I didn't
2: we're too sly
0: yep yeah <laughs> that's for sure you guys know your stuff
2: yeah I don't know
0: <laughs> all right ready for the match game I I wish I would have uh gotten the match game theme, but of course, we may not have the rights for that. Nathan would have to edit it out. So That's Nathan not on YouTube? Uh, probably. Maybe. Maybe somewhere. Halloween is less than two weeks away. The team that is the scariest to face is, or the team that will be the scariest to face is blank.
2: Do, 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 do. Is this
0: area? Yes. Okay. All right. Are we all ready? You got your answers locked in, guys? Yep. All right. So Halloween is less than two weeks away. The team that will be the scariest to face is. We talked on in. them earlier. I've got MFL Marmac.
2: Lindy? I went with Underwood.
0: Underwood, okay. They're not area. All right. You to, um, think, yeah. who, who did you have,
1: JJ? Well, I just, uh, I went with area only, and I just, because it's that time of year, I'm just going to say Xavier. Can you see okay. that? There you go okay there is that me yeah there we go All i gotta do is turn it upside down
0: Perfect. <laughs> so and i'm just gonna reiterate my choice uh they host hudson but mfl has just been lights out started the season really really strong had that little hiccup against Sumner fred and has really been dominant um with wins over dyke like, new hartford denver and central springs um Leading into the postseason, so they're my Mike Myers of the of the of the postseason here starting up Friday. So, question number two: <laughs> When Friday concludes, the Cedar Rapids Marion Metro will finish with blank playoff qualifiers. So, Linder has five. I went with four. You can see that there.
1: I'm uh. I'm Mister Pessimistic two. Two. Yeah, two. I don't know how that works, but yeah.
0: I think uh, we don't have to tell you who they are, right? No, 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 no. I'll I'll say it. Right, good. I'll say it. I think uh, I think Marion will be uh, I think Marion will be in. Um. Xavier Kennedy, obviously. Um, and I i think Prairie will, Prairie will get that fourth spot. Very well, could be Linmar instead, but um, we'll see. All right. We've talked a little bit about upsets and stuff like that, but you remember Cujo, right? The Stephen King dog. One of, one of the first bad uh, horror movies I saw. Um, but Cujo was a rabid dog that terrorized everyone that crossed its path. So <laughs> as far as playoff underdogs, what team will resemble Cujo this Friday? Cujo was a rabid dog that terrorized everyone that crossed its path. What team in the playoffs... That's an underdog will resemble Cujo this Friday. I have Denver.
2: I had Northland, or maybe Denver.
0: <laughs> that's good. All right.
1: Um uh, I don't know why. NFV. Wow, okay.
0: All right. Now they could be Kujo the they,
1: they could still lose, right? Even right. they could. Who Joe? Okay, there you go.
0: It could be yeah. Um, a couple others I thought would been interesting answers. Uh, the winner of North, uh, Nashville Plainfield and Lake Mills. Why? Both of them have dogs for monikers: Huskies and and Bulldog Lake Mills Bulldogs. Right? Did I have that right? Uh, sure. very good. Okay, very good. All right. Let's see. I got to make sure I have my answers. This. Okay, so these are the, the two fun ones here. Yeah, uh, I
2: didn't have much fun with that. I, I, uh, well, I really had fun with the second one.
0: Well, I apologize, but here we go. <laughs> so the coach assessed the value of each player. The player that was the most expensive on his team was the blank.
1: You got to protect your quarterback. It's individual team. Okay.
0: Individual, yeah, individual.
2: Okay. I, I say you got to protect your quarterback. Okay.
0: I had quarterback as well. Um, the uh, the reason why was because quarter is my mon- uh, monetary value. You know, there's a oh, the point. Boy. Ah oh. I think we got to the oh. same answer by different routes, but it, it works that's better than, than a than
1: nickelback and a, yeah. a dime package. Huh? Dime
0: back. See? Now you see where I was going with it. All
1: right. See, I, I'm gonna say because we are we live where we where we live and we've watched this all year. Punter.
0: <laughs> Unless you're Sigma Kyoto. Yep. Very valuable. Okay, so the second one here. Dumb David is so dumb. How dumb is he? (laughs) He's so dumb that he dropped to his knees when he heard they called a blank. You want me to go first?
2: Yeah.
0: Remember, I'm Catholic, so I said Hail Mary.
2: Hail Mary. There we go. Quarterback sneak on fourth and fifteen. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah you would have to you'd have to do that that's good that is dumb that is dumb <laughs> <laughs> that is dumb all right well that was fun again uh guys remind everybody uh where are you gonna be heading I'm gonna be up at Monticello for the 2A uh postseason game between uh North Valley and uh the Panthers. I'm heading to Monticello here in a couple hours for a
2: cross country meet. All
1: right.
2: Um, I'll be at Central City for the Wildcats and the Key High Hawks. And I will be on the other side of, of
1: Lynn County for Lisbon and North Lynn. That is the other side, right? Central City from Lisbon. Nah, kinda. North, kind northeast both. and southeast. We'll both be in Lynn County. Let's put it down. Yeah. Way.
0: Yeah. Um. And remind me, uh, uh Mike Condon will be at uh, Pleasant Valley at Linmar for that game uh, with the Lions, hoping to crack in, crack into the playoffs. Um. Remind me where else we have uh, correspondence covering games. Uh, Are we going to be at Prairie West? I think so. Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, we'll be there, and uh, is that a Plague and Cule game? Yeah, I believe so. I- um, so, uh, you guys can visit thegazette.com to catch, out, catch all of our prep coverage is, uh, you know, not just football as well, volleyball, cross country um, coming to uh, critical points of the season there as well. You can uh, check out Jeff uh, Johnson's uh, feature on West Branch um, at the site as well. We'll have some breakdowns for uh the playoffs as well. Check out all our content uh at thegazette.com. Make sure to follow us this Friday, live scoring, uh updates from the games that we're covering and much more. Uh so for Jeff, uh Jeff and myself, thanks for watching. Tune in next week and keep your head on the swivel.